Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. Coming up on 400 episodes. Yeah, that's um, a lot of shows. So if you have any uh, ship reviews you want to hear or maybe I've covered that you haven't heard yet, dig back in the archives. There's a lot of them there. Uh, you can also find it at cruiseradio.net. So on this week's show, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, is back. We'll be talking with him and catching up on cruise news in just a couple of minutes. Rick is standing by, ready to give his review of Regal Princess from earlier this year out of Port Everglades. Uh, a couple housekeeping things here. Cruise Radio News. It's our Cruise Radio Facebook group. Look us up, type us in, and join us at Cruise Radio News on Facebook. All right, after uh, what, a month hiatus, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, is back. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug, how's it going? Good, man. A lot to get to. You've been gone for over a month. You were uh, most recently aboard Queen Mary 2, just underwent this massive renovation. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about that first. Canards Queen Mary 2 went in uh, for the Doug, what turned out to be the second biggest uh, extreme makeover in the cruise industry. Hmm. Uh, if you remember, uh, Carnival Cruise Line spent $155 million transforming uh, Carnival Destiny into Carnival Sunshine, and Canards spent about $132 million essentially transforming Queen Mary 2 into Queen Mary 2. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, I saw her at the shipyard in Hamburg. Uh, I saw her in New York when she was just completed on her first uh, arrival into uh, the United States. Um, she looked unbelievable, and then I took my family, and we wound up uh, doing the uh, eight-night crossing, stopping in Halifax uh, on the way over. And, you know, Doug, after 200 and, what, 30, 230 cruises uh, over 27 years, um, you know, doing a, doing a transatlantic, just um, it, I, I like to visit places. Moving on here, Carnival Corporation and Mickey Arison and his wife made a massive donation to the Louisiana flooding victims. Uh, what do you have on this? Well, what, what happened was Carnival Cruise Line and Carnival Corporation made a $250,000 donation, and Mickey and Madeline Arison, uh, Madeline is Mickey's wife, uh, turned around and matched it, so totaling a contribution of a half a million dollars wow. toward, uh, you know, to help the American Red Cross. Um, the Louisiana Association of the United Ways and Save the Children. And this is a way to really be able to get money immediately to the people that really need it. Well, props to Carnival. I also read where uh, folks could donate if they're sailing on a Carnival ship out of New Orleans. They have the opportunity to donate there. Makes as, a big difference. Yeah, it, it really does. Just, just so tragic over there. And on the subject of Carnival, Carnival Cruise Line announced a 14-night Alaska sailing in 2017. But this one's rather unique because it's 14 nights and it's going to be round trip out of Long Beach, California. Right. And that'll be uh, September 2nd of 2017. And uh, it will also include Glacier Bay, and it will be the first time that a Carnival ship has visited Icy Strait Point, hmm. so, uh, which is uh, a lot of uh, whales and uh, bears um, in the, uh, you know, up there in Alaska. But uh, it, it, is, uh, it, is, it is interesting. Uh, years ago, Celebrity Cruises uh, announced they were going to do it, and it just ne- never panned out. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, I mean, they're going to visit Ketchikan, Skagway, Juneau, and Sitka, Vancouver. So it's it's a it's a nice itinerary uh, with some nice days at sea, and they'll have some nice experiences also on board the ship, uh, preparing them uh, for Alaska. Yeah, this is a, one of those Carnival Journey sailings, and it's it's a one-off sailing. So uh, if you want to see Alaska with Carnival, you can always do a seven-night cruise. Right, out of uh, Seattle yeah. and Vancouver. I understand the travel time to get there from California. Correct. It's, so. it's, a, it's a long way to yeah. go. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, for those wanting seven-night sailings, uh, Carnival Legend is up there. Definitely. This next story, uh, Crystal Cruise is a luxury cruise line attempting to do a Northwest Passage sailing from the West Coast to the East Coast. Why is this such a major milestone? Well, this will be the first time a cruise ship has ever traversed the Northwest Passage. So this ship is going to go between Anchorage and New York City. Mm-hmm. And so the last Alaskan port that they went to visit uh, after departing out of uh, Seward, they went to uh, Nome and continued north, and then they uh, go east, uh, you know, through you know through Canada. And I mean, they've got icebreakers, and uh, they've had, I think it was yesterday, they had a an evacuation drill uh, of, of how to get off the you know to get off the ship uh, in the event of uh, an emergency. But it's it's a truly unique cruise, you know, essentially going through the the Arctic yeah. uh, and seeing the you know region of the world that really no cruise passengers on a ship that size has ever seen before. This next story is interesting with the Olympics just passing. Uh, one of the Olympians' mothers, Cindy Lloyd, her daughter Carly, plays soccer, I believe. Uh, they were staying on Norwegian Getaway, so the Women's Olympics um, chartered Norwegian Getaway for the athletes to stay on the ship while they were docked in Rio because of lack of hotel rooms. Well, her mother left her bag unattended. It came back to a pretty bad surprise. They had some bags that were uh, left in the terminal, and these bags were removed by authorities there in Rio, and they were blown up. Unfortunately, uh, you know, her, her clothes and her belongings in the suitcase uh, were, were destroyed. I would have been pissed. Can you believe going down there for two <laughs> weeks and, and having no clothes? First of all, you know, let, let's be clear. Uh, NCL had nothing to do no, with I, it. No, I know totally, but it's just interesting. Like, Listen, I mean, how many times, you, you know, at, at airports, don't leave your bags unattended. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not a joke. And uh, they really mean they really mean it. NCL was very supportive and did uh, a great deal to uh, assist her uh, to get uh, you know new clothes and stuff. That's good. So in closing here, Royal Caribbean has brought Empress of the Seas back to their fleet. It was at their sister line, Palmentier, originally with Royal Caribbean, then transferred to Palmentier, now back with Royal Caribbean again. Uh, I believe it started sailing with the company in the springtime. And they're only extending the itineraries just a couple of months at a time. Why is that? Because normally cruise lines do their itinerary planning like a year and a half in advance. Yeah, if you remember, one originally this, this this the Empress of the Seas, you know, I have a soft spot for her because originally when she debuted in May of of 1990, that was the first cruise ship I ever sailed on, mm-hmm. and so she sailed with Royal Caribbean. Then she went to Pullman Tour, which is a uh, Royal Caribbean subsidiary, uh, it's a Spanish uh, cruise line, and then they brought it back. Um, they they spent uh, a fortune uh, refurbishing her and and preparing to reintroduce her. Uh, into the U.S. market, but as you noted, they were only selling the ship in short spurts mm-hmm. because they they are intending to use that ship in Cuba when they get the permission. Mm. So um, now we're you know they've extended. 
the uh, booking window, as you mentioned, into December, which means that uh, right now they're going to be committed to do that, uh, and they're hoping that maybe in December they're going to get the call. And so this way, maybe starting in 2017, like Carnival Corp's uh, Fathom brand on Adonia, that uh, they too will be able to call on uh, Cuban ports. Interesting. And you know what? Those rates for the Empress, they're, they're like dirt cheap. Some of them are like $199 for four, it's, four it's and a, five. It's nine. a great deal. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really nice ship. Um, it's, uh, you know, and it, it's, a, it's a good opportunity for people to, you know, yes, it's an older ship, but it was recently refurbished. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great bargain on those four and five night runs. We've been talking with Stuart Shearer on The Cruise Guy. You can find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Welcome back, man. Hey, you too. Thanks, Doug. This is Cruise Radio. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have a review you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Rick from Indiana just returned from a seven-night Eastern Caribbean sailing aboard Princess Cruises, Regal Princess from Port Everglades. And Rick joins us on the line right now. What's up, Rick? Hi, Doug. Great to talk to you again. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, it's not too bad today, but I'm I'm looking forward to warmer weather. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think everybody is except Florida, so uh, we have, we have that going on down here. Now, let's talk all about Regal Princess, but before we get to the ship itself, let's take a step back and give me some of your pre-cruise thoughts. Like, what made you want to sail Regal Princess? Well, we usually go on a Caribbean cruise uh, January or February just to get out of Indiana winters. And oftentimes, uh, for us, having cruised quite a bit, the route is not as important as, as the ship. But this time, we were with some friends, and the, there was a couple of ports that they, they wanted to see they had not been to. So all things considered, uh, the Regal Princess worked out best for date and itinerary. And uh, was it just kind of the luck of the draw? Were you, were you going to go where Regal Princess was in Florida, or did something draw you to Port Everglades? We love the Fort Lauderdale area, mm-hmm. so we try to, to sail out uh, up there, and usually we go on Holland America in the wintertime or Princess. 
Cool. Nice. Well, uh, let's get to the embarkation then right there at Port Everglades. How was the embarkation process for you? Very easy. We arrived around 1030 in the morning and there was a line. The doors were still closed at uh, Pier 2, but we had uh, uh, elite status. So once the doors opened, they subdivided everything and check-in was probably done within 10 minutes. Wow. And then we were taken upstairs to a, a waiting area and we were probably up there for 15 or 20 minutes and then they uh, they started to, to let us board the ship. So we were on um, probably by 11.15. You, you say uh, you're elite with Princess. Would that be considered like um, kind of like a diamond with Royal Caribbean or like, you know, being platinum or diamond with Carnival? Yeah, it would it would be uh, Diamond Plus, yes, gotcha. with Royal Caribbean. Okay, very uh-huh. nice. Okay, so you get on the ship. I know you've sailed Royal Princess a couple of years back, but what were your impressions of Regal Princess? I know they're kind of the same. They're basically the same in layout with, with a few modifications. Well, I think the, the ship visually is stunning. The interiors are beautifully done. Uh, the ship, of course, being just a, a year and a half old is pristine in most areas. The the big drawback that we see is that, and it is like a lot of newer cruise ships, it tends to be inward-looking. And you don't have a lot of uh, public spaces that you can sit and have nice sea views. These are blocked by lifeboats or they're just uh, interior lounges. Mm -hmm. And it lacks a wraparound promenade, which is oftentimes a deal-breaker for me. But that was such a big complaint with the Royal Princess that, that people couldn't use much of the promenade. They had a, uh, an area midship and aft that are nice. They're wide, they have nice seating and that, but you couldn't go from point A to point B. Whereas on, on the Regal, they opened up the, the passageway that goes behind the lifeboats. But it is so narrow that if you meet somebody, mm-hmm. you have to turn sideways. Oh. Yeah. So it, it's not real conducive to, to walking around, and the ship lacks a forward uh, observation lounge. But those things aside, we were very pleased with, with our, our overall experience on Regal. You know, I was impressed with the, the piazza there, the main atrium of the ship, uh, with the multi-levels there. And it's just, you know, I've been on Princess Cruises ships before, and this one just seemed so big and so many, like, options around there to do. Yes, it, it was a, a focal point uh, oftentimes for us in, in the evening and, and throughout the day. The only complaint I would have about that is that it's loud. Mm-hmm. And the with there's so much marble, the sound tends to, to echo. Yeah. And sometimes the music's too much amplified. But it's a great place to watch people. Right. And the International Cafe is a, a, a wonderful uh, addition that they have that's expanded over some of their other ships, I believe. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, they, I think they've uh, done on a couple other ones. Uh, let's talk about your stateroom. So uh, you get to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have, and what did you think of it? We had a mini suite uh, up on the Lido, mm-hmm. and I chose that uh, location specifically, and we were just forward of the uh, uh, forward elevator banks. And it made it very convenient to go either to the the leader or to go on up to the sanctuary mm-hmm. or the uh, jogging track. And it was rapid down to all the main public spaces on the five and six deck. But it, it, with this ship, as so many people have, have noted, there it lacks a midship staircase. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just avoid the whole mess 
of, of having to deal with that. And this location was superb. Yeah, yeah, it uh, sounds like it. Now, what did you think of the stateroom itself as far as the, the space to put all your stuff away and moving around and all that? Well, with the, the uh, royal class of ships, uh, it's a more modern interior. Mm-hmm. Uh, we felt that the space was really perfect. It could accommodate four. There were just two in there. It would be tight at four. With the bed folding out, you know, access to the balcony would be pretty restricted. But it was nice having the, the two televisions, having the full bathtub in the, the stateroom, and plenty of closet space. Some people complained about drawer space, but we didn't have any problem with that, and we tend to overpack. How about, uh, I know you've been on many different uh, cruise lines. What did you think of the balcony space out there? Extremely tight. Mm-hmm. That That's the one downfall. And, and, of course, with this class of ship, the, the balconies are, are very narrow. I oftentimes will spend a fair amount of time outside on the balcony, and I spent very little on, on this trip. But the views were great. But it was just, if you wanted to have breakfast out there, I don't know how people would manage it. Mm-hmm. It's just too uncomfortable. Yeah, it'd be interesting trying to have one of those dinners that they serve you on the balcony yes. out there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to pay the $50 or whatever, yeah. only to just be really crammed in. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so speaking of dinner, let's move on to dining aboard Regal Princess. Now, we have the Horizon Court, which is – it is called the Horizon Court on Regal Princess, correct? And uh, the Bistro. They have – it's the same thing. Right, okay. Different name and a little different decor. We really – only time we ever used it was for breakfast, mm-hmm. and that was only twice. So we, we weren't even in there for, for lunch and never in there for dinner. Gosh, there, you missed an awesome dessert bar then, that little middle section with the, where all the desserts are and the, the bread That's pudding and the cookies. That's intentional. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It is so beautifully laid out. Mm-hmm. Uh, of any of the ships we've been on, people complain about, well, I don't know what's what. Well, just kind of walk through it. Yeah. And uh, there's different sections laid out. It's very nice to look at. It can be a bit overwhelming, I think, as far as the choices are concerned. But what little we had, and uh, we were pleased with the, the quality of it, it's, it's just a, a huge uh, amount of food. And now, we, I understand you did go to uh, a specialty restaurant. You went to Sabatini's, not once, but twice, which is their Italian restaurant on board. Uh, what did you think of Sabatini's? Actually, it was the first time we had ever gone to Sabatini's on, on any of their ships, and we really enjoyed it. Uh, the service was professional. The pacing of the meal was, was very nice. The food quality was very good. The first night I had, as far as the entree, was a lobster three-way, and that, that was very good. And then the second time we were back, I had the steak with the rosemary, and it was outstanding. I know Sabatini's always gets mixed reviews. What did you think of the the options on the menu? I mean, yours sounded like they were both just awesome. But what did you think about, like, do you think there was, the menu was, what am I trying to say, like, like diverse enough? Yes. For me, it was. Mm-hmm. I, I could see where some people might might not be. But for me, I, I, I thought it was fine. Cool. And had no problem going back because I thought, oh, well, I'd like to try this or that. And that gave me, you know, the chance to, to do that, whereas you, no way with the, the amount of the food that you could do it on one try. Right. Uh, what's the surcharge in Sabatini's? 25. 20, oh, person. that's really good. Yeah. Uh, especially for the, the lobster dish you had there. Now, there's also, you went to the, what is the pub called on there? It's the uh, pub lunch and, and it's in the wheelhouse bar. And, and that's like an and, English and style And the Crown lunch. Grill. Okay. Yeah, British-style pub lunch. And uh, I traveled to England quite a bit, and so I was anxious to see 
what I thought of as far as authenticity was concerned. Mm -hmm. And it was very well done, outstanding. Uh, the fish and chips were great. Mushy peas were great. Uh, it was very busy, but they handled the crowds very well. The wait time was maybe 10 minutes at that mm -hmm. uh, to get in. And it's a really nice, unique alternative that a lot of the lines don't have. Cunard has a, a pub-type lunch every day mm -hmm. in their regular English pub. But most lines don't have this, and, and it was a fun alternative, although it was only offered one day out of seven. Okay, and that is also complimentary as well for the people, uh, for the listeners uh, wanting to know about that. Uh, let's move on to the main dining room. So let's start off by asking, uh, what time dining did you have? We had a traditional at six o'clock. Okay, and what did and you think of the dining room? We liked it really well. One night, the food just seemed to be off, and the service was a little bit off. But the rest of the nights, the uh, the food was was very good, and the service was very good. And it was funny to watch because one night it would be busy and the next night uh, it would be almost half empty. It was it was kind of strange. And people seemed to change tables even though we were at, at fixed sitting. Mm -hmm. um, couples were at one table and then they just disappear. So, yeah. but it was it was very very well done. Very nice. Any uh, any favorite dishes from the main dining room? Not that I can remember. They were all good. Yeah. 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 I, I know the feeling all too well. Uh, let's switch gears here and talk about entertainment. Now, I'll say this before we talk about entertainment aboard Regal Princess. I'm 35, and I was thinking, okay, I'm going on Regal Princess. Am I really going to like the entertainment? But I was blown away by the entertainment. I thought it was going to be geared to a higher demographic, but their entertainment on the ship is all-encompassing. What did you think of it? I agree with you completely. There was the traditional type shows that you expect on a ship. But I think with this ship, they have put the quality back to where Princess used to be mm -hmm. uh, as far as entertainment was concerned with some unique surprises. The one production show that I went to was uh, Bravo, and it was outstanding. And what the, the regular Princess singers and dancers, uh, the choreography was very good. The vocals were, were very good. Staging, costumes were all great. But they had a guest soprano, and it was a young lady who sings opera from the Dallas area, mm -hmm. and she stole the show. Nice. And it was an unexpected twist. You know, sometimes you think if you're going to hear uh, the cats one more time, you're, you're going to lose your mind. <laughs> right. And, 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 and then you, you get something that is truly unexpected. And then what was nice was then the next day she did a program in the piazza mm -hmm. uh, in the evening, a shorter program. So they were very versatile in, in, in what they were doing. But I completely agree the production quality was outstanding. Did they have any of – I know when I was on there it was like – it was like the Brits or like a Beatles tribute band. Did they have anything like that on board? No, not on this sailing. No. Okay. I, th I think they kind of come and go on that uh, uh, amongst the, the ships, but they did not have it on, on this sailing. Very cool. Let's go to the sea day then on the ship. I know you had a couple of sea days uh, while you were aboard Regal Princess. So what did you think of the sea days as far as the passenger flow of the ship, both inside and out? And uh, talk to us about if you went to the sanctuary or anything. In general, we thought it had handled the, the passengers very, very well. There seemed to be a little bit of crowding around the retreat pool. I was not around the main pools much other than if I was walking on the jogging track. But we bought the passes for the sanctuary for their week. Mm -hmm. And so consequently, 
unless there was something we were going to be attending, we spent a, a lot of time in the sanctuary, and that was pure luxury all the way around. It, it was money well spent. The service was phenomenal. It was nice to have a, a, a tranquil area and, again, having the forward views from Deck 17. Just wonderful. What did you pay for a week pass? We had the ones with the loungers, not not the, the extra cabanas, and it was $230 per person. Okay. But I'm, I'm sure the, the peace of mind and peace and quiet is was well worth that. And one of the, the nicest thing for us, and I don't know if people often realize it, but every day at 3.30, they do a traditional English afternoon tea, and the, the uh, serenity stewards come around with uh, trolleys and set tables for you, and it, it's a very elegant service. The quality and the variety of the items were outstanding, and they were some of the best cons I've ever had at sea or in Europe. Oh, wow. Very nice. Uh, let's talk about the ports you hit. You hit St. Martin, St. Thomas, and the Princess Case. Is that correct? Yes. That's so, correct. Uh, which one was your favorite? I think on this trip, probably St. Martin. Ah, what'd you do there? Uh, we did a, a brief tour since uh, the, our friends had not been there before, and it went over to the French side, which happened to have uh, a market day, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun, just looking around at the different vendors there, kind of unique pieces that you could get. And it's always a beautiful island to, to just take a drive. And then we came back uh, into uh, Phillipsburg, and we just stayed in town and did some shopping and had lunch at Holland House uh, Hotel overlooking the beach. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful day. Nice. One place you went that doesn't get really a lot of love is the Princess Cays because, um, I don't know, it's just when – I, when I interview people on it, they kind of always just gloss over the Princess Cays. And it's such a gorgeous destination, and uh, it's so remote. It's like the southern end of Eleuthera, I think. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. it's on Eleuthera. Yeah, so talk yeah, to us about, about that. It's about 10 miles from Half Moon Key. You can actually see – there's a Holland America ship you can see it. And we, we like it. It's well laid out. I prefer Half Moon Key. I think the sand is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the layout is a little bit better. But Princess now has food trolleys mm-hmm. at Princess Keys. And while it looked nice, I, I opted not to eat lunch. I, I went to shore. We had uh, rented a clamshell, and I stayed for about 90 minutes, and I decided to go, go back to the ship. A little too hot for lunch, you? But, no, I just would rather be on board ship. Yeah, uh, uh, I guess it makes so, sense. Yeah, you had to ship to yourself yeah. almost. Yes, I went back and had lunch there. The, the barbecue, you know, it looked fine, but I decided I would just go back and, and have lunch on board. Very cool. Uh, so you get back on board the ship, you pull up anchor, and you're heading back towards Port Everglades. How was disembarkation for you? It was very, very smooth. We went into the uh, Platinum and, uh, and Elite Lounge, and then uh, we just wait our our time, and they have a staff in there that, that – uh, makes a local announcement and then you're escorted to the gangway and and we went downstairs and uh, found our luggage there was quite a bit of a line as far as customs is concerned but it moved very quickly of course i realized princess doesn't have control on staffing Mm -hmm. as far as customs but but we were probably out of there within 45 minutes so that's not bad yeah yeah not not bad at all now uh when you got off the ship did you go right back to indiana or did you stay a little while no, we stayed at the uh, Hollywood Beach Marriott for a mm-hmm. couple of nights and uh, went down to Vizcaya and went to uh, 
uh, art exhibit at uh, uh, in Fort Lauderdale. So we really enjoyed it. A lot of people say they need a vacation after their cruise, and it sounds like you did just that. <laughs> Definitely. I always, yeah, anytime I can extend my time in, in South Florida, I'll take advantage of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, in closing here, give us your first-time tips you may have for someone sailing Regal Princess. If you are wanting to get the sanctuary, run, do not walk uh, up there to get it because passes for the week sell out very, very quickly. So as soon as you board, don't go to have lunch or, or drop things off at the cabin and go up there and, and see if you can book it. You will really enjoy the experience. Great advice. And your final thoughts of Regal Princess? It's a nice addition to the fleet. It was well run, and I would be happy to sail on board her again in the future. Yeah, so we've been talking to Rick from Washington, Indiana. Uh, he just got back from a seven-night Eastern Caribbean sailing aboard Regal Princess. Rick, thank you so much for being on the show, and we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you, Doug. Great to talk to you again. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer. Life's better with an auto policy from American Family Insurance. No matter what dreams you're driving towards. That's because our expert agents will make you feel totally protected with the right auto coverage at the right price. You'll also save up to 23% when you bundle auto with home. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.